You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Yeah. Podcast Friday. Podcast Friday. It seems like it's been a minute because we had some holidays in there and some vacation time, but here we are back at it. Happy New Year and all that jazz. Welcome to the uh, new Michigan winter, 40 degrees and cloudy. (laughs) (laughs) At least down here. You guys got snow up there? It is uh, not 40 degrees where I am, but it is cloudy. (laughs) And uh, everything's actually really pretty yesterday and today. All the trees are coated with a uh, really nice uh, coating of snow and ice. And it is not so deep you can't get around in it or it's like traction on the ground is okay. But the woods are really pretty today. Nice. We just got a bunch of brown and gloom and doom down here. So (laughs) anyways, what do you want to talk about today, Dave? Well, you know, I I think we've got a a kind of an interesting conversation here because you were, you were asked a really like, not an, it's not off. It's not an off the wall question. It's just not one that we get very often. And I think, you know, discussing that question you got from a prospective client, I I think would be useful. So you were asked, I believe it was last week or the week before, why, like, what do you like about being a financial planner and why did you get into the business? And I'm probably paraphrasing that. So if you want to clarify what they actually asked, go ahead. No, I think that's that about hits it on the head. And first off, great question. If you're ever out there looking for a financial planner, please, by all means, ask this question because I think it's, you know, just super important to, I mean, and not just interviewing for a financial planner, but really interviewing for anybody, right? Like if you want to find a mechanic, ask him why he's a mechanic. And if he says, well, I hate my job. It's the only thing I can find. Got to work on these stupid cars all day and I don't like it. You're probably going to want to find another mechanic that actually likes what they're doing, right? So anyways, long story short, I was asked, you know, why do you do what you do? Um, And and I've always have like a, a story that I like to tell because, you know, my story, my financial planning story really starts... A long, long time ago, um, in a little town called Spring Lake, Michigan, uh, which is this fantastic little beach town off of Lake Michigan. And, you know, one of the things I learned growing up there is we have this, there was this, it was kind of this great science experiment of you had all these families with just a ton of wealth. You know, they were like, I'm talking bulldozing mansions on the lake to build bigger mansions. And so it, it was really interesting from the standpoint of, you know, there was people that had immense amounts of wealth and then people that didn't have very much. And what was always interesting to me was just the fact that, you know, just because people had a bunch of money didn't necessarily mean that they were happier, right? These families with all this money weren't necessarily happier than families who maybe had a moderate amount of income or even a lower amount of income. That always kind of struck me as something that was super intriguing about money in general. That's a theme we've uh, we've talked about quite a bit. And I think just a month or so ago, we were talking about TV shows we were watching, right? And Secession and The Crown. And oh, yeah. uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been watching Yellowstone. 
And here you have these families with immense wealth and they're all just miserable, right? Right. <laughs> Talk about the other end of the spectrum, right? <laughs> so, we didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't yeah. necessarily have that in Spring Lake, but um, I can see where that, you know, more money, more problems, right? Isn't that like a common saying around people sometimes? So yeah, so you were observing all of this growing up in that area and when did it gel for you that that was something you would want to perf- like pursue professionally? Yeah, so you know, I was 17 when I graduated and all the gumption of a 17-year-old young man, I thought, well, I want, I want to go to college because, um, you know, I like to party and that's apparently all they do in college. But I suppose I have to have a, you know, pick a major and, and have a reason for going to college. <laughs> and so I was just in a counselor's office one day and he's like, well, you could go, uh, you could go up here to Northern Michigan University. You can study uh, financial planning. Um, and so I was like, well, that sounds good. You know, not if any, if the worst thing happens and I hate everything, at least I'll have some base of or knowledge of how to handle finances and what to do with them. So even if I end up mm-hmm. not liking the career, or doing nothing with it, at least it won't be like an arts degree where I have no practical <laughs> use for it, right? So right, I go up to Northern right. and I study financial management. I actually did not go the financial planning track, although I did take four, three or four classes in financial planning. Um, that I eventually used towards my CFP. Um, but I went just the general financial management track because I was more interested in corporate finance and working in corporate finance. And then I also kind of fell in love with economics and um, dual mm-hmm. majored in economics. Graduated, did not want to become a financial planner. This would have been Michigan in 2005. And so, you know, every, the, the US went into this huge recession in 2008. In 2005, Michigan was already pretty much in it. And so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of corporate finance jobs Mm -hmm. out there. And so I ended up, you know, kind of getting pigeonholed, if you will, into doing a financial planning. And I actually got recruited to open an office in Grand Rapids to be a financial planner. and knew I wanted to stay in Michigan. My wife and I had a daughter at the time, so we weren't looking to move or, you know, try something different. We wanted to be in Michigan. It was one of the only jobs that were hiring. And so I did that. I actually got recruited, um, ended up moving to Lansing because I was recruited to open the Grand Rapids office that never opened. Ended up coming to Lansing Mm. and starting my financial planning career there. I always joke around, you know, I grew up on Lake Michigan. I went to school on Lake Superior and now I live in Lansing and I have beautiful Lake Lansing to look forward to. So I'm <laughs> constantly asking myself how I ended up here after yeah. enjoying those great lakes for so long. But I digress. So um, I went into financial planning, really did not like my job or career, bounced around, did a little bit of work for one of the banks, spent seven years in a credit union. And about halfway through that time, I realized a that I did not like my job. And I really attributed a lot of it to the fact that I didn't have this belief that money was the most important thing. And I spent the first half of my career convincing people that they should, you know, change their investments around (laughs) to make more money. Um, but there was no like there was no purpose right. behind that, right? And so I started listening to. I actually went to a conference. Yeah, saw yeah. Simon no Sinek's TED Talk, um, his Start with Why TED Talk about you know you have to tell people why you do what you do. It's not about what you do or how you do. It. It's about why. And I thought, well, yeah. 
telling people that I didn't have any better options is probably a pretty crappy way to go about like building confidence in people. Like this is my default job that I don't really like. And then one of the other videos that they played was a guy by the name of Mitch Anthony. And Mitch has done a lot of work around financial life planning. Um, and actually, I, and I think that we did a book. Uh, I think we did his retirement book, actually, The New Retirement Tally. Wasn't that one of our podcasts, Dave? We did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I haven't lost my, I haven't lost my mind. So we've talked a little bit about Mitch's stuff. He does a lot in the retirement <laughs> space. We've done a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yes, we have over a hundred. That's right. And so he, he just kind of, you know, came out and said, you really need to, you know, money isn't about, financial planning isn't about making money. It's not about your return on investment. It's about your mm-hmm. return on life. It's not about how much money you make. It's about what you do with that money. Money is more of a tool um, a means to an end, if you will. And it just dawned on me that, you know, I've been trying to get people to make more money for no reason other than to make more money. And I really needed to change the conversation around what are we going to do with this money and really have that conversation before we actually talked about what we were going to do with the money. And that really changed my perspective on financial planning. And it really allowed me to fall in love with the industry and fall in love with this career um, and, and since then, I've studied under Mitch Anthony. I've done a lot of work with George Kinder and became a registered life planner, um, done some work with Amy Mullen and her group at Money Quotient, and really kind of dug into a lot of those different conversations around why is money important to you and not necessarily just money on itself being important. And it really, you know, I've been blessed to be able to have those opportunities and it allows me to you know, work with people every day about what's most important to them. And that's what gets me excited and gets me out of bed every day to do this job that I love. Yeah, it's, it's, it really comes down to that connection between people and their money and what they're trying to do, doesn't it? I like it. Yeah, it's really remarkable because you think of it in terms of, you know, money is this super emotional thing. And a lot of times as you think of the financial planning industry as this is a numbers game and we're just going to crunch numbers and help people figure things out. But you can't do that without the emotional side of it, right? Right. And it's it's fun. So I joke around. We've we've seen the whole industry kind of pivot in that direction in a way compared to what it was 20 years ago, where it was all about who's got the best investment returns and who knows which one's the hottest mutual fund to buy. Right yeah, and absolutely. And some of that, you know, a lot of that is still out there. Um, you know, the the advisors yeah. and planners that we hang out with have kind of shifted a lot of that conversation, but uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of that is still yeah. out there. And it, it's just, you know, and there's probably a great reason for it. It's not the way that I do things. And, and if I had to just do, you know, investments and in, in making portfolios, it would probably drive me crazy. And I don't know that I would be sitting where I'm sitting right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's just one of those things that I absolutely fell in love with the emotional side of it and the connection of that and helping people figure it out and helping people live better lives with the resources that they have. Um, you know, there's no higher calling for me than that. And, I, and I'll tell you another funny story, Dave. So 
part of the reason why I went into finance in the beginning was my dad and stepmom are um, social workers. They do family couples mm-hmm. therapy. And I thought to myself at the bright young age of 17, there's got to be nothing further from social work and talking about feelings <laughs> than studying finance, right? <laughs> like studying money. Wrong. And so, you know, full circle, 10 years later, I'm like, this is, you know, I, I, and I love it, but it's, you know, it's somewhat financial therapy to some degree. Some people would call it that where we're talking about the emotions of it. We're talking about, you know, how to make changes mm-hmm. and do things in your life. And it's like, you know, I've been sucked back into the family business just with the finance tilt to it. So I always kind of laugh at that and, and, and laugh about that. <laughs> keep trying to get out and they keep pulling me back in. That's right. Exactly. You know, there's, so. there's really no way around it, is there? There, there just really isn't. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting. We've joked uh, between ourselves before that, you know, when, when clients trust you with their money, they assume they've trusted you with everything, Right. Whether they've right. actually literally told you everything or not is mm-hmm. is beside the point. They they figure you know all the family secrets and you're you're part of that in a way, good and bad and and, and different. But uh, but uh, yeah, there's no way there's no way to separate the money from the emotional power that it carries. Yeah, absolutely. And I would also add to that, you know, some of the best outcomes I've had with clients and for clients is helping them figure out how to spend money on things that are important to them, right? Like those are the things Mm -hmm. that we celebrate. I don't ever remember getting hugged by a client because we did, we had a 20% return in their portfolio. Um, But I can certainly tell you every single time that, you know, a client came back from a life-changing experience, whether it was a trip or whether they, you know, quit their job or whatever it was. I remember every one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And uh, it's interesting in a business where it is all, all numbers and figures and spreadsheets in a certain sense that... Those are what, and the clients, that's, that's usually what they expect us to focus on. And half the yeah. time we're like, ah, you know, this works out okay either way. You got to tell us what you want to do. Like what's, what, what are you, what either, what's your best outcome or what's your biggest fear? Like which of the, these scenarios work out very similarly on paper because we don't know all the variables either which one is optimal for how you feel about the world or which one answers your biggest worry about the world, right? Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always so, tell people it's all about, you know, when you're making financial decisions, it's not about the money side of it. It's what's going to get you closer to your ultimate goal. And, and usually that's yeah. not like a, I know what the money answer is, but you're not going to like mm-hmm. it, right? <laughs> you don't want right. to live in a cardboard box under the overpass and save every last penny and never spend a dime. Yeah. 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 Where do you go from here? Great question. You know, <laughs> you I, 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 continue, <laughs> I hope to continue financial planning and doing this for the next, you know, 15, 20 years. So yeah. uh, I was lucky enough to yeah. be able to go out and get my registered life planning designation back in 20, yeah. beginning of 2021, end of 2020. And I've been working with um, George Kinder and the Kinder Institute and doing some training and things like that. So, um, you know, sky's really the limit, but you know, I'm blessed to be able to get up excited about what I do every day and to continue to help people, you know, live their best lives. Um, can never ask for anything more than that. Great. Well, I, I, 
I wonder if your if your prospective client that's was probably a lot more of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you give that detailed an answer when when they asked? I think that's great. I did not. However, well, it, it was an email, so I paraphrased a lot of that, but oh. I assume that I probably gave her a lot more than what she was um, what she was looking yeah. for. Um, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I trained and part of you know the Kinder Institute and Life Plan is learning how to be a great listener, and that a lot of times means mm-hmm. not talking. And so occasionally somebody will catch me with a question like that and I'll, you know, rant for 20 minutes on, mm-hmm. on myself. So it's, it's very deep in there. Um, and, and occasionally yeah. it will pop out. So, but you know, it's a, a great question. I think pe- more people should ask that question, not only of people they're trying to work with, but also of themselves, right? Like, why are you oh, in yeah. this career right now? And, oh. and is this really what makes you happy? Yeah. Well, and back to the emotional connection with money you know, we're asking people what their goals are and what they want to do. And a lot of times they've not really considered them. And, and, you know, you've mentioned the, the kinder training and we haven't really delved into that too much, but that's really what that training is about is helping people get to the heart of what really matters and what they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And, you know, we don't, we don't give ourselves enough space for it. And, you know, we don't have those internal conversations or even external conversations. So it's super important. And, you know, it's timely right now because a lot of people are thinking about, you know, New Year's resolutions. What do I want to change? And, and it's a lot of, of, you know, what goes into the beginning parts of financial planning, right? Well, Dave, this has been a blast, my friend. Um, you we went a whole podcast and you basically had to listen to me rant the whole entire time. So yeah. I like this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, it was good and informative. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get this up. So next time, next time someone asks you that question, you can just say, oh, here, I talked about it for 20 minutes and yeah. we'll send them a link. <laughs> Here's my podcast. You can listen to it and I'll All never right. call back again. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. We'll see how that goes. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. It's been uh, good. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.